Jackson was on the 9th of June 1862 on a summer's afternoon I took the bus from Barbaras She was heavy laden And away we went along Collingwood Street That's on the road to Bladen Oh, did I You should have seen him smiling Passing the bus along the road Just as he was smiling And all the lads and lasses there And all the smiling faces Gangling on the Scots road Flow past Armstrong's factory and up by the Robin Adair But cannon out on the railway bridge, the boat's wheel flew up there The lasses lost their crinolines in fields and either faces I got two black eyes and a broken nose just kind of played in races Oh, me lads, you should have seen us gallon Passing the boats along the road just as he was gallon Hello and Radio episode 104. I'm your host Greg Troxel and we are previewing Crystal Palace. It's Thursday on, on the west coast of the United States, 1219-2019 and I'm with the best damn co-host in the land, Elijah Newcastle Bruins. Greg, you didn't say... You, okay, I'm starting to think you've been messing with me this whole time because you didn't say you could follow me on Twitter at NUFC, Greg. Oh, I didn't say it this time, correct? Oh, no, you didn't say it any time. I'm just... Someone <laughs> someone else listened to, to the podcast, like, the last few and tell me if Greg says it because, I don't know, I was, I was listening intently for it this time and I didn't hear oh. it, so I'm going to ask you after I finish talking about myself where people can follow you on Twitter. Um, okay, all even right. Even though I already said it, so it's just working backwards. Anyway, I'm excited to be here. Um, it's always a wonderful day uh, when I get to talk about my beloved Newcastle United, a club that I'm a partial owner of because I still own Stock and Sports Direct. So, by proxy, I'm an owner. So, follow me on Twitter at Elijah underscore Newsom um, for some fire tweets. Um, no political tweets on my page. Actually, that's not true. Lies. <laughs> I definitely Lies. tweeted. I tweeted about the impeachment yesterday. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um. And you can follow me at nufc underscore Greg, and follow our podcast account at chn underscore radio. We got more podcasts because we have another show. Yeah. Wait, Greg. Where can people follow you on Twitter? I definitely have already said it now. <laughs> <laughs> And speaking of Twitter, real quick, did you see that video of uh of the lady uh beating the guy in darts in like the darts world championship? Yes, yes, that was electric. Yeah, uh, not it's something that not a lot of Americans know, but darts is electric in England. Dude, the the crowd was freaking going a wall. Yeah, that's insane. that's how all of them are. I love it. So I met a guy from Ipswich who's into watching darts and he was not surprised. He was like, do you watch darts? And I was like, no, <laughs> absolutely not. And yeah, he was like, this, is, a, realize, this is America. <laughs> he was like, do you realize how much fun it is? I was like, how, how could that, how could that be fun? And he showed me like highlights, like they make highlight videos of this. And I was like, yo, what? He's <laughs> got darts mixtape. What? Check out my darts mixtape, bro. Like I could just, 
like I'm actually surprised this hasn't taken off in the U.S. because like this seems like such a bro sport, and like I can just see a bunch of bros like groups of like fifteen, like entire fraternities, just going to a darting event and getting absolutely trashed and just screaming and cheering for everything that happens. Probably the only event that's like that's better than that is similar, and axe throwing. Oh gosh. I'd like to do that. Yeah, or like curling is a great one too. Oh yeah, for that I have a, it could I have turn a buddy to that who atmosphere. Works, yeah, well, the, I have a buddy who works at an axe throwing place, and uh, he says people get obliterated and no one's been hurt yet. Like people get wasted at these because they have a bar there and you can BYOB. So yeah, I think I trashed. inherently would not get trashed at a place like that. Yeah, I mean it's safe. Ish. <laughs> it's because I've seen videos without Axe fighting back after you throw it. <laughs> well, here's the thing. That, that's all if people don't listen and pay attention. If you pay attention, then the Axe won't, won't like, throw itself back at you. I don't know yeah, why that, I'm speaking as if the Axe has a mind of its own. That That's part of the problem, though, is people don't listen and pay attention. <laughs> Interesting. You're if saying you've people driven... don't pay attention when they're drunk? That's... If you've driven anywhere in any city, you will understand this. <laughs> I love I love when you go like state by state, no matter where you are, like you know, like oh I, I'm from Nebraska. Like, oh man, bad drivers in Nebraska. Yeah. And like oh New Jersey oh New Jersey has the worst drivers. <laughs> and it's like it's literally everyone. Yeah. Everyone sucks at driving. Anyway, we digress. We will impeach ourselves from that conversation and move oh. on to some club news. Which doesn't exist, so let's keep it moving. <laughs> so the club news is is just us walking through a barren wasteland. But yeah. we do have some stuff that I do want to talk about. And the first thing is talking about another podcast. See, we're not rivals, us Newcastle podcasters. We're merely um, friends. Did you tell all the other podcasts that? Because I don't know if they're following the same model as us. Well, they all should. Okay. And one of absolute class podcasts right now is Pod on the Time in, yeah. for The Athletic. Um, it, they have George Calkin and Chris Woff. We're lucky enough to have like Chris as a guest. And, they, and Chris and is a Taylor, host on that one. not Betsy. Yeah. Wait. Not Betsy. Betsy. Taylor. 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 Who technically is the host of that podcast. He is the host, and he's really funny. Yeah. Um, so it, it was a great show, and they interviewed. They went to Merseyside, and they interviewed Rafa. So, Elijah, I just wanted to get your thoughts on some of the, your takeaways from the interview. Uh, it was it was very interesting. Uh, I think that um, Rafa has made it very clear uh, the reasons why he left, um, and he kept reiterating certain things. I think... For me, personally, uh, the biggest takeaway was towards the end of the podcast, because I'm not going to give away the whole podcast to our listeners, because they should listen to it for themselves. Um, The biggest takeaway was we were talking about, they were talking about Newcastle this season, and he was like, he basically had had mentioned, like, this team is a solid team, they have enough experience now in the Premier League, that, like, this seems like a very reasonable spot for them to be in the table, and, you know... Being in tenth is is not a bad place to be, but then he he followed that up with, but that's not what I wanted to do. 
I wanted to achieve more, essentially, is what he was saying. And, like, that's the issue with the club right now is that we as fans and, I mean, we and Mike Ashley as well, and you could argue and maybe even some of the players are completely content with finishing 10th or finishing 11th or finishing 13th. But what Rafa wanted to do was be consistently finishing in the top five and being competitive and and in all that kind of stuff. So it's interesting because I think that's the difference between him and Bruce. I think if you have Steve Bruce right now, hey, at the end of the year, if you had the option to finish 10th, he would take it 100%. And he wouldn't even think of saying, oh, no, no, I want to finish higher. Yeah, um, that, that was the interesting part. Uh, and he was he talked a lot about how Newcastle players have had two years in the Premier League, so they know what to expect. And he and he mentioned that like Bruce has that is using that to his advantage, but then at some point they had to spend money, <laughs> and now they're doing that. But like like to your point, like the reason why he left is because like that's not enough. Like the goal isn't just to stay up. Um, he he said a lot about like his current job in China and the challenges there. And then there's a big language barrier, obviously. And then also like about coming Shocker. back to the Premier League, what like, obviously he, it's something that is of interest to him, but he's obviously not saying like, yeah, I can't wait to get back. But um, it was a good overall interview. I, I, you just got to love Rafa Benitez, don't you? Yeah. I'm yeah. I, The only thing I don't love is that I just know that even when we get bought by, uh, my boy, Syracuse alum Joe DeGrosa, uh, <laughs> and he begs for Rafa to come back. Rafa won't come back because he stays true to his word. So damn Rafa for being a faithful individual and like up- upholding his contracts to the fullest until he gets fired, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's pretty much like the gist of that interview. Um, the next thing is more of a, it's a question that I'm going to pose. Um, so let's, so what I want to ask is how can Newcastle United attack without St. Gucci Max? Let's say he's out till mid January, which looks likely right now. How, how does Newcastle attack with him? And the first thing I, the first part of this question I'll ask is, um, Let's assume we continue in our normal formation, like the five-four-one defending. How does Newcastle successfully attack without him using that same formation? Well, I don't know. That seems impossible because <laughs> it just seems like in order to attack, you're going to have to change formations. Maybe when you get Miguel Almiron back and just Shelby's confidence, maybe you could create some chances here and there. Um, you could really utilize with speed Miguel Almiron and Christian Atsu. But it being more of a purely speed-based counterattack rather than like, I think we have a mix of of great dribbling that we get from St. Maxman and that he poses a great threat with um, in addition to the speed of the front three. I think if you make that purely one-dimensional and, and focus only on the speed, then it, it makes it easier to defend. And of course, Rafa mentioned this as well as that, I mean, as the season goes on, people are going to figure out your tactics and stuff. Um, and so, and people are going to find ways to exploit and, and, you know, take advantage of your tactics. So 
they're going to have to switch things up at some point, and you can't be super one-dimensional. So, I don't know. It, it It's a tough question to answer. Um, right now, it seems like they would only have to go kind of a one-dimensional route, which, like I said, and Rafa said, like people are going to figure out how to stop that fairly quickly in the Premier League. And once that's stopped, it's over. Yeah. Now, if you had to change anything, which it seems like you would, what formation would you go to? It's a it's an interesting question. I think, um, I don't know. I, I mentioned this on the last pod of, of, of going to like a four four two look. I think that might be the move just because you have so many damn strikers that you don't want to really play them out of position. Uh, and so I'd say a four four two kind of utilizing the fact that we have a lot of midfielders. And I would even argue you could go like a four four two diamond, um, like a narrow diamond with like. Uh, Isaac Kane as a pure holy midfielder with Sean Longstaff and and uh, and John Joe Shelby playing ahead of him with Miguel Amaron as a, a cam with Joel Linton and Andy Carroll up top. That way you're giving you're giving yourself a few different looks and you're allowing guys like Shelby and Longstaff to operate in a lot of different space and allow Miguel Amaron to excel at a position where he actually plays the best, which is central in the middle of the pitch, and uh, being a consistent threat um, in that, that middle of the pitch area. So uh, we'll we'll see. But, I, I mean, that's what I would do. But this isn't FIFA, so uh, <laughs> we'll see what Steve <laughs> Bruce does. I, yeah. I don't really have a lot of faith. I definitely am concerned going to a 4-4-2. Um, I think, I don't know. I, you'd like to hope that. We could cope with a formation change, but I, I honestly just don't have that confidence that we can. So well, hopefully I'm wrong. We'll go with that. Um, Elijah, do we do you have any other news? Um, yeah, the sky is falling. Hmm. Crazy. All right, well, uh, then we're going to take a, a short break. Here from Chivas Regal. Yeah, probably. And then we're going to come back with a Crystal Palace preview right after this break. All right, Elijah. We are going to talk about a club that is dumb. Crystal Palace, which doesn't even sound like a place. If you had... Reminds me of fast food. Oh, crystals! Like White Palace. Castle, White Castle, and Crystal. Mixed Crystal's with... Palace. That's what they should rebrand. Nice. Uh, uh, very cool, Greg. Um, what if you had to say anything to Crystal Palace right now? What would it be? Um, they those bastards took Andros Townsend from us. Yeah, that's dumb. What do you mean? It's that's dumb that they did that. Yeah, I hate them for it. Also, like. I don't know. I just think that their name is stupid. Um, yeah. And for it's some reason, they very heavily remind me of QPR. Um, oh. And what? That's, I'm, I'm just adding things. Okay. Um, oh, don't forget, they overpaid Maximilian Mayer, which I like Max <laughs> Mayer. I'm a huge Max Mayer fan. But Max Mayer ain't worth damn near what was it? it's like some stupid amount of money he's making per week. 
like I want to say it's like north of 80k or something like that or, or north of 100k per week like 117k per week and I mean it's unfortunate for them but Wilfred Zaha is going to leave as soon as he possibly can you know I bet Wilfred Zaha would be better off in Newcastle than he is at Crystal Palace um question is Roy Houts Hodgson the Joe Paterno of England uh would like do you mean like <laughs> Does he allow people to sexually abuse children underneath his watch? I'm going to go uh, with a no. Okay. Uh, how about as a manager? <laughs> I, don't, I don't really know. Once really good, but only a figurehead now. Oh, I thought you were just saying like an old, crusty-looking white guy with white <laughs> hair. Cause that's well, definitely, definitely that. I don't know why he still has the job, but then again, I don't understand how Crystal Palace is still successful. Because, like, on paper, their team is okay, but it seems like their team is consistently underperforming given the talented names they have on their roster. But, like, then you look at the table, and they're in ninth. So I just, their club confuses me, and I think they should disband. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And and they we should have first right of refusal on any players. Yeah, uh, and actually for multiple players, so it's like we get to basically choose like three or four players. Like if you read the roster, yeah, Christian yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jordan Ayew, Max Meyer, <laughs> Max Mayer, Camarasa, like Andrews Townsend, James McCarthy, James McCarthy, like they Wayne Hennessy <laughs> isn't even a bad keeper. Patrick Van Anholt, like. They have some Yaro Rydewald, like they so, have good yeah. players, it's and they definitely annoying. don't have the white name play. Oh yeah, no players like like Burnmouth and Watford. Dude, their their actual and their roster looks like they went to Scandinavia and just like picked names out of a hat. Yeah, they, like even the guys who are not from Scandinavia sound Scandinavian. Like Jeffrey Schlup doesn't sound like he is Ghanaian. He doesn't even sound like he's black, if we're being honest. But he's on this team. Yeah. So shout out to them. Also, they have a lot of players that. That's a thing that a lot of these players used to be really good. Like Christian Benteke was really good. Jordan Ayew was really good. Andrews Townsend was really good. Max Mayer was a top prospect in Germany. Mm. Wilfred Zaha, well, he's still really good. And it's like, now they're like, they're not bad, but they're just not as good as like the hype, like their hypest moments of their career. But like, in my eyes, my dumb brain still sees them as like, oh, Christian Benteke, like a Liverpool wonder kid. Like, Jordan Ayew, like putting the team on his back at Swansea. Like, Andros Townsend, oh, the one who destroyed it at Newcastle, yes. That's why I'm seeing them, and they're just not the same players, and so maybe that's why I'm like, they're always underperforming. Yeah. I Like, I, I still think Max Mayer is this, like, young, hot German prospect, and he's just not <laughs> anymore. Like, he's still young, and he's German, but he's not, like, Julian Brandt. He was Julian Brandt before Julian Brandt, actually. Left midfielder, very young, everyone loved him, that kind of stuff. So, on a hunch, I just search Urban Dictionary, Crystal Palace. Why? And I'm just going to read you some definitions. Okay. Uh, Crystal Palace. The most embarrassing club in world football. Total cowards. Famous fans include Ronnie Corbett. Well-known hangout for nonces and pedophiles. Utter scum. 
and spineless little shits. <laughs> maybe maybe there is some truth to the Joe Pot Roy Hodgson comparison. Yeah. Um, Crystal, here's another definition. Crystal Palace, famous for having a set of idiots in charge, including Simon Jordan, well known for going down at the best team in London, which you put in parentheses, Charlton, um, meaning to be utter pants and incapable of playing your chosen sport. I'm not sure what that means at all. To have delusions of grandeur, <laughs> to be doomed to constant failure. <laughs> Yeah, that sounds um, like Crystal Palace right there. Doomed to constant here, Here's the last one I'll read. Um, thought by some to be good. Not me. Not six <laughs> billion other people. Palace are crap. Turd. Poo. Shit. I love that. <laughs> so that is your uh, Urban Dictionary reading on Crystal Palace. Okay, so let's get into some lineups, Elijah. Or some injuries, and then you'll get into the lineup. Um, on Crystal Palace's side, Sako, rematch ban. That's not a bad thing for us. Um, Rydavald, he played 45 minutes and then got hurt, so he might not be playing. Um, it seems like we Jeffrey Schlup and Patrick Van Anhalt are like injured and he's not sure if either could play. Um, they're, I mean, they're both left backs. So you're, I guess you're hoping one could play or they're going to have to like get really creative on that side. That'd be a side where we would attack. Um, they're saying that if none of them can go, James McCarthy would be put in that spot. So that would be interesting. Um, ben Teke made his first league start since August on Monday. So, Good chance that he might be able to go it again. And Andres Townsend didn't play last week, so it'll be interesting to see if he's going to play against us. That's you all. Forgot the most Palace. important person. Who's that? Gary Cahill got injured. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was a joke. Yeah. He's not important at all. I'm surprised he's yeah. still playing football. For us. Let's hope John Joe comes back, and let's hope Almiron comes back. Um, DeAndre Ellen was on the bench, so I'm assuming he'll be involved either on the bench or a sub at some point. And then Jolinton and Andy Carroll, are they going to start again? I don't know. But you're going to have LaSalle's, Richie, Gucci Max, Karen Clark are going to be out. Lejeune, who knows when he's ready to be back, and obviously – questionable on John Joe and Mickey Elijah take the flow um I mean I would be shocked if we didn't run the exact same lineup we ran uh last match out I mean even though it wasn't that successful you, you just have to make do with what you have um so I just uh Jetro Willems left wing back Paul Dummett Fabian Shearer Frederick Fernandez uh, Javi Mankia, Isaac Hayden, Sean Longstaff, Andy Carroll, Christian Atsu, and Joel Linton. Um, I don't know. I, I, this is a match where I could potentially see a formation change, and that might change things up. Um, but as of now, it just seems like we're kind of a team that relies on, uh, on this formation now and just our ability to not let in goals, which I think has the potential to happen. Uh, I think that there's a potential we can keep a clean sheet, but as you kind of mentioned, Brett, 
uh, Greg, I almost called you bread. Um, as you mentioned, Greg, <laughs> it just seems like there's just no chance that we're going to be able to create any sort of offense, and that's worrisome. Yeah, that's going to be the key to this match entirely. I, I like what you're doing with the lineup, um, and it's going to be that. I don't know. There's so many questions now because, like, is Jolinton going to be on the left again? Is Carroll going to be up top? And in my opinion, right now, Carroll's our best lone striker. Okay, well, I don't think that's a controversial take. No, but uh, that's what I'm really believing. And then, like, if Shelby's ready to go, then I'm assuming he gets plugged in. But or does he stay with Longstaff and Hate? Like, there's so many questions. Well, I mean, Longstaff uh, wasn't great last week, so no. I mean, could we see Key? Like, it's could, could we, we see, see Maddie? Maddie? Like, yeah, there's a lot of potential. Could we see DeAndre Yedlin as a defensive midfielder? Bring back Modiyama as a winger. <laughs> um. Okay, so let's get into Ooh. some match stuff. So, okay. in order for Newcastle to win this match, Elijah, what do they have to do? Besides score more than Crystal Palace. Oh man, I think, I think what it's one of these situations where I think they just need to uh, defend really well. Um, I think if you score in this match, if you're Newcastle, you're banking on set pieces. So I guess that's a one A is, you know, convert on your set piece opportunities. Um, but I just I don't see a way for us to score with open through open play. Um, I mean, I would love for it to happen, but I think that Newcastle's key is uh, is, is to try to defend and then hopefully uh, win some fouls. But unfortunately for them, the guys that win all the fouls, Miguel Almiron and St. Maxman, are probably not going to play. So, uh, I don't know. Win some fouls and try to score from set pieces. That's, that's my key to success for Newcastle. Yeah. Uh, for me, it's our, so our trivia time, Elijah. Mm-hmm. What are three highest assist leaders for Newcastle United all played last week against Burnley? Who are they? Uh, Andy Carroll. Yep. He's in, he's tied for second. Um, Javi Mankio. No. Damn it. I, I just feel like he's had a couple assists. That's why I said that. Um, <laughs> but I just was wrong. Okay, um, going to go in the lineup on on, started against Burnley. Isaac Hayden. Nope. Sean Longstaff. No. (laughs) Okay, then it's it's our Jetro. Yeah, Jetro is also tied with Andy Carroll, and who is number one? Uh, Fetty Fernandez. No. Paul Dummett. Nope. (laughs) Martin Dubravka. No. (laughs) Fabian Cher. Nope. <laughs> it, it, it's it's like, Christian Hatsu. Okay, I'm just like, <laughs> who else is the left? team in assists. Well, so good for him. You have all three assist leaders. I mean, Christian has three assists. Carol and Jetra have two. Um, so, and then if you put a John Joe in that mix, like you got you got all the people that have created and scored our goals this year. <laughs> Besides, like, well, Miguel has a he has a goal created. Yeah, yeah, but like, I just 
like the top three assist leaders. Okay, like, well he's right. He's right on the cusp of being in the top three. Yeah, but he's not. He didn't play at Burnley, so that wouldn't have gone with my. Well, what if he plays my stat today? Well, t- wait. <laughs> then Saturday. we also have a great, a great, like chance creator. Yeah. So there, there's a lot of opportunities to go through. So was what I'm saying. What my point is. And I'm so, just like, messing with you, dude. We need, we need to, we need to use that, like, and we didn't against Burnley. And a lot of the reason why we didn't is because we didn't have Miggy or Gucci to play through. So we're, we're gonna have to like get creative in like doing what those guys have played. Andy Carroll is gonna be able to hold up the ball very high up the pitch. So like, let's get it to him. Let's. Like, I, I'm fine with just pinging long balls to Andy Carroll. See if he can hold the ball up and then get somebody running like behind the defense. Like, I'm fine with doing that. This, we need to get creative and, and creating a chance. Like it's going to be tough for Crystal Palace to come into Newcastle, like during the holidays and win. Like it's going to be tough for them. Well, interesting um, you say that. Because holidays are a weird time. Uh, but before we get to predictions, and no, stats, no, I was uh, foreshadowing for some of my stats. For for stats, oh, uh, yeah, I've. I've Ever since I discovered the FOTMOB app has stats at the bottom of their previews, I'm just like, these are all really good, so I'm going to save them all. Yeah. Um, let's go to players to watch for Crystal Palace. Well, we kind of we kind of did that, but Elijah, who are your players to watch? Um, I mean, Wilford Zaha. Yeah, gotta be. I mean, there's that's the correct answer. Yeah. Um, Zaha is definitely probably their best player. Their leading goal scorer is Ayu, but like to be honest, like I still think he's pretty bad. <laughs> he used to be good. Yeah, I I I don't even, I never even rated. He was at Swansea before, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't. I didn't even like him then. Like I don't know. And he's yeah. even done some damage against Newcastle in the past too. At I would say he's he used to be one of those guys like Aguero who would just have freaking matches against us. Yeah. There was a time where he and his brother were on the same were on Swansea together. Yep. And then so, yeah, people forget. So I don't think IU is a huge threat. Zaha on the other hand is definitely. <laughs> um, I think we're both on par with that. Um I don't know. We we pretty much named their entire roster. And they have some good players, as we mentioned. So if you miss that, just go back to the start of this preview. Um, all right, Elijah, I can't wait anymore. Stat me up. Oh, you don't have oh, well, stats. My, my stats, Newcastle are unbeaten in their last seven at home. They've played eight. So since their first match, which was a loss against Arsenal at home, they have not been beaten at home since. So we're hoping to keep that streak alive. Um, last time Newcastle hosted Palace, we lost one nothing. Oh, that was one of my stats. You were like, "Oh, it's going to be hard to win in Newcastle." Too bad they've already done it. <laughs> yeah, but did they do it over the hot? Like the holidays are a weird time. So yeah, which not, is why nothing's we'll really lose. guaranteed. The last, the year before that, we did win against. Um, Crystal Palace at home also won to nothing. Do you know who the goal scorer was? 2017-18? We won? Huh? We won. Okay. The goal scorer currently plays in Spain. Oh, it's not. It's not Hosolu Matu? 
No, it's Hosolu not. Mato. Hosolu Mato. Um, it's not him. Akraf Lazar. Akraf Lazar plays in Italy. Okay, I was just that was a shot in the dark. I didn't know where he <laughs> plays because the division is so low. That just oh, like, oh, I yeah. just, I've, I've just assumed that it's just a, a country that's very warm. He plays cause... in the top division in Spain. Okay. Or a, a top t- oh, top table. Jesus Gomez. Nope. Top t- top ten club. I actually think they're fifth right now, or fourth. Kieran Trippier. He didn't play for Newcastle. But <laughs> <laughs> it's um, amazing how much we've already forgot about him. His name, Mikel Marino. Oh. <laughs> I forgot. I forgot. Mikel Mourinho was. Yeah, he, he was yeah. like really good, but he was just like his attitude was so terrible. Like he he yeah. he like didn't start for like four matches and then just was like crying about it. Yeah, what a loser. My last stat is previously the time before that where we played Crystal Palace at home was 2015-16, and we won again one nothing and Townsend scored. Newcastle yeah that's good I mean (laughs) I the thing with Andros is that I feel like it's one of those where I'm not mad that he he left it's staying with Jeannie given just the how how like sought after they were and even with like Rafa being our man it just they had to do what they had to do I'm just mad that he went to Crystal Palace yeah like I feel like he deserved to go to a better team (laughs) For sure. I'm All right, so am I up? Yeah. Did you say like who? Is that what you just asked? No. Okay, I thought you asked like, oh, give an example of a better team you could have gone to. Lester <laughs> would have been my example. Um, every Newcastle player should leave to go to Leicester. Uh, okay, so um, here's an interesting stat. The last five Premier League meetings, you kind of alluded to this, between Newcastle and Crystal Palace have produced just five goals total. Three for Newcastle, two for Crystal Palace. Neither side has neither side scored more than once in each in, in any of the matches. Um, the, the the match that immediately preceded this run uh, was a five one loss for Newcastle to Crystal Palace. Um, let's see. Newcastle lost their last Premier League game against Burnley. They haven't lost two consecutive uh, league matches since the opening two games of this season. Mm. Mm. London clubs, in particular, have won six of their last seven Premier League away matches against Newcastle. Uh, The other one was a draw, keeping a clean sheet in the last four. That comes after a run that saw sides from the capital lose seven of eight visits to St. James Park in all competitions, uh, which is wild. So this could be the the turning of a new leaf, that we could start up the the dominance over London clubs again. Uh, Crystal Palace have scored a league-high ratio of 73% of their Premier League goals in the second half of the season. The Eagles are the only side yet to score in the opening 15 minutes of a game this season, with their earliest strike coming in the 21st minute. Um, Get ready for another snooze fest because Crystal Palace's Premier League matches have seen only 34 goals total this season, uh, 15-4, 19 against, fewer than any other side in the competition, and just one of the Eagles' 17 games has seen a side score more than twice. 
which is mm. a 4-0 loss to Tottenham. Um, and then just a couple Steve Bruce stats because I, I don't even know why we're tracking Steve Bruce stats. But yeah, sure, why not? Um, Newcastle boss Steve Bruce has enjoyed his joint biggest ever margin of victory as a manager in a match against Crystal Palace, beating the Eagles 7-1 with Huddersfield in August of 99. And then Crystal Palace boss Roy Hodgson has faced Steve Bruce more often without losing than he has any other manager in Premier League. He has, in seven matches, he has three wins and four draws. Uh, this is the first meeting between the, new, the two managers since Hodgson's West Brom side drew 2-2 at Brucey's Sunderland uh, side in October of 2011. So, all that to and, say... And just seems, just huh? a reminder, Sunderland are in, in League One. Yes. Oh, just and to... by the way, Merry Christmas to us all. Season 2 of Sunderland's documentary on Netflix is coming out in January. So, Merry Christmas, everyone. Um... But, Greg, you know what I took away from all those stats? What did you take away? This is going to be a match that might be more boring than the Burnley match. Because for the last few years, it's trended as a very boring match. I mean, that's wild that in the last five meetings, neither team has scored more than one goal. That is, that's just a wild stat. And I think this is going to be another really boring one goal match, and I don't know. I'm not looking forward to watching this. This shit's gonna suck. <laughs> All right. Before we get to predictions, I'm gonna move to 5:38, and what they're saying. So they've been on the money. Uh, a lot of their they had a whopping 51 percent chance that Burnley would beat Newcastle, which is like very high in, in these ratings. Um, so Burnley had a better chance to win than getting a draw or losing to us. Um, and they were right. And they were right. I think like three or four in a row, they've been correct with Newcastle. I'll have to actually track how correct they are in these. But, uh, in this one, Newcastle have a 41% chance to win a 29% chance to draw and a 30% chance to lose. So by that logic, 538 is saying that Newcastle should be getting the three points this weekend. Home against a fast food chain. Yeah, the Crystal's Palace. Crystal's Palace. Home of the the Charbroiled Burger. <laughs> uh, so, that's fantastic. <laughs> nice. Great segue there. Yeah. <laughs> so that was a thing. Do you want to get so, into your predictions or no? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Um, do you want to go first or shall I? Or do you want to rock the scissors for it? Age before beauty. Oh, okay. So, so because of that, look, I messed up a, a very important streak. I predicted Newcastle would lose one to nothing in two straight matches. They won those matches eventually culminated to a three-game winning streak. And then I predicted that we would beat Burnley 1-0. We didn't. But that's not stopping me. I'm not going to get caught up in all these superstitious things. You're not going to focus on the, the stats. The analytics are dumb. Don't focus on those things. No, the superstitious stuff. Well, I mean, I'm the facts are that you picked Burnley to to lose to us 1-0, and they beat us 1-0. 
And before that, you picked us to lose 1-0 twice, and we won twice. So I'm th- there are stats involved, and okay. I'm telling you not to listen to the stats, bro. Just mm. trust your gut. I won't. I won't listen to him, Elijah. Okay. And there ain't no way that these little hamburger makers are going to come all the way up five and a half hours to Newcastle upon time to take three points from us. They're not even going to take one. Because, Elijah, we are winning this game. And I'm going to tell you how. We're, we're going to win this game one nothing. Okay. And it's going to be Federico Fernandez oh. driving the ball up the pitch in and out wide, Christian Atsu. Christian well. Atsu is going to make a player miss, going to come to the box, and he's going to roll a beautiful, delicious ball right outside the box to nope. a full-speed running John Joe Shelby. No, he's going to almost score. <laughs> no, that, that's five minutes. Early. That's five minutes else. earlier. That's yeah. five minutes earlier. <laughs> and John Joe is going to hit that ball so hard it's going to crank off the bottom of the crossbar and go about a foot and a half over the line and back out. And we're going to win this game one nothing. That is my prediction today, Elijah. What you yeah, got? I mean the 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 stats. I'm not a huge stats guy, but the stats <laughs> are not in our favor. Stats. Uh, not only we have the Greg stats, but. Steve Bruce hasn't done well against Roy Hodgson. Uh, we haven't done particularly well against Crystal Palace. Um, Wait, 538? That's in our favor. I mean, sure. It is, but I just that's the one stat in our favor. I think this is going to be one of the most boring matches of the year. Um, but I do think Newcastle are going to have a semblance of hope, and I think that there's an opportunity for us to do well, especially if we're able to convert on set pieces, but I don't think we're going to be able to do that, so I think this is going to be a, a Newcastle loss, 1-0. Oh. Sorry. Uh, well, whatever. Yeah. Uh, that's all I got. <laughs> yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't think we, we have any questions either. Yeah, y'all didn't ask me us any questions. Yeah, so. screw screw this podcast is what you guys said. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm officially done then. Are you? Yeah. Um, oh wow. What are y'all? Are we going to give a shout out to uh, the the supplier of our new blade and races? Oh yeah. Shout out to Jeff Can. Yeah. Shout uh, out to Jeff. Major shout out to Jeff Can. Major. He sent us some fire. Blade and Races remixes, uh, so we're going to throw those into the pod. I'm going to see if I can do that now, but if I, you'll you'll know when you listen to this, by, by the time you've listened to this, if I was able to do it immediately, or if I just went to bed instead. So, uh, stay tuned. Well, okay. like, you, you would already know. Like, you're listening to this, and you already know the answer. But, All right. stay tuned in real life, like, right now my time not your time listening to this i think i think they get it yeah because like yeah cool you got anything else no all right that concludes episode 104 of chn radio i'm your host greg troxel this is the best damn co-host in the land elijah newsom and you are listening to the sweet, sweet tunes of Coming Home Newcastle. We bid you farewell. Let's get three points and away the lads. Looking at the old time bridge, I'm coming home, Newcastle. I made as well have been in jail. 
I'd walk the streets all day, I'll meet for a bottle of your own brown hill. I'm coming home, Newcastle, if you never win the cup again. I'll brave the dark at St. James's Park if the Gallagher's end in the rain. I'm coming home. And I'm proud to be a Geordie and to live in Geordie land. Some people think we're bawdy and we're hard to understand And they say it's just self-pity and we're not so very tough Cause the people in the big fat city haven't had it tough as rough I'm coming home, Newcastle, you can keep your London wing I'd walk the streets all day, I'll meet for a bottle of the River Tyne I'm coming home, Newcastle, I wish I'd never been away Kiss the ground for the welcome sound in me mother saying, Hey, how we I'm coming home. Then I miss the old blind busker who stands at Phoenix door. He plays a mean accordion, you've all seen him there before. And I love the Geordie heroes, there's so many famous names. Like Lindis Vaughan in Gaza, Brendan Foster in the Gates at Games. I'm coming home, Newcastle. I might as well have been in jail. I'd walk the streets all day. I'll need for a bottle of your own brown nail. I'm coming home, Newcastle. If you never win the cup again, I'll brave the dark at St. James's Park in the Gallagher's end in the rain. I'm coming home, Newcastle. You can keep your London wing. Walk the streets all day, I'll meet for a bottle of the River Tyne I'm coming home, Newcastle, I wish I'd never been away I'd kiss the ground for the welcome sound in me mother saying, hey, how we I'm coming home, Newcastle, I might as well have been in jail I'd walk the streets all day, I'll meet for a bottle of your own brown nail I'm coming home, Newcastle, if you never win the cup again I'll brave the dog, it's in James's pocket, the Gallagher's end in the rain. I'm...